Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Uh, hello, Chaotix. This is Johnny. How y'all doing this week? Hey, hey, Chaotix. This is Justina. Welcome. Chaotic Thursday. We're a little bit, we're having some audio editing issues <laughs> and uh, streaming issues. So we apologize. This is late. We apologize for the late episode. It happens. Just deal with yeah, it. <laughs> well, there was a lot of technical difficulties. Yeah. Right now, I'm having difficulties with dogs climbing over me. Yeah, <laughs> this is our life. This is yeah, what we do. So, yeah. So, well, you want to jump into some exciting news? Well, um, I got permission from one of my favorite fanfic authors to create an audio book from one of her works called Storms of Yesterday. So I am using that book to try to better my voices, my voice acting. So I'm gonna start uh, recording those chapters this week and posting them on YouTube. So um, there's 67 chapters in that book. So it's gonna be a long project. It's a long project. We'll link it. Um, I know you linked it to our Facebook group, but every week we can link the new episode. Shaylani is a great author. So if you haven't read it, is a great opportunity to listen in to the story. Yeah, she has like three very long fics that I absolutely love. The Dead of Time, which I'm currently rereading, Storms of Yesterday, and Torja Pure, which is, uh, it's Latin for something pure. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that they're pretty awesome she's a pretty awesome author and she she's very awesome with her fans so and dead of time is i believe the longest right 100 and 200 chapters it's like 250 chapters like 2000 words no like 2000 pages yeah it's an awesome book yeah well that's so exciting johnny i'm excited for you i'm excited to listen to it because i sometimes don't have patience to read through epic fix like that it's sometimes nice to just listen in yeah and I I really hope it within the this next year and a half my voice acting does get better so. how many how many um characters are in storms of yesterday let me see that's a good question because I have I have the book right here because I was practicing the first chapter this morning. You'll obviously have the main characters, Harry, Hermione, James. Uh, let's see. There's Hermione, James, Sirius, Remus, Harry Potter, Alice Longbottom, Frank Longbottom, Amelia Vase, Kingsley. Oh, Mary female McDon- voices, your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Mary <laughs> McDonald, Narcissa Black, D- Draco Malfoy. Neville Longbottom, various Weasleys, and Lily Evan Potter. <laughs> various Weasleys. Yeah, just says various <laughs> Weasleys. And then it says it doesn't say Lucius Malfoy. It just says Malfoy. <laughs> the Draco's listed separately. So yeah, that's so fun. A lot yeah. of females. So good luck. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be hard to different the different male voices. But I'm going to do this, and it's going to be awesome. Are you going to try to keep it British, English? I'm going to try to keep it within those islands. Yeah, I was going to start listing the Scottish, Irish, Welsh, Welsh, all, all the accents. Not Scottish. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting. Well, I look forward to looking. So let's, I guess we should get into our summary. Yeah, let's do it. It's been about two weeks since we recorded. Uh, A week of that was spent with me in Florida. So. Oh, stop. Hold on. Before we get into our summary. (laughs) How was Comic-Con? How was James Marsters? 
James Marsters canceled at the last minute. <gasps> no. Yes. What a bummer. But he's going to be in. He was at the, the only Fan reason Expo you were going. In September. He's going to be in, at the Dallas Fan Expo in September. So I'm thinking I might do that. Okay. Because that's like a, a closer drive. Yeah. And I can like drive up there in a day. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. But outside of that, how did it go? It went really great. Anthony Michael Hall is such a sweetheart. Yeah. So he gave me a t-shirt uh, from Breakfast Club that he signed. Oh, cool. He he wrote like my favorite quote from Breakfast Club on it and signed it, which it says, chicks cannot hold that their smoke. That's what it is. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. And it was um, like a 16 Candles prom, right? Yeah. Or was it, it just was, 80s prom? It was it was 80s Sherman High prom. Oh, fun. It was at an all day event. It was uh, like just no, the it theme was of all the day. night. It was all night. Cool. The the guy, um, there was a guy from Back to the Future there, who because okay. like they had a dance in Back to the Future where he had to get his parents to kiss, yeah. Yeah. and the guy that was like singing on stage was at the prom and he sang the song from Back to the Future that he's sang he's singing the movie. That's so cool. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and For I did hand that. I did hand out uh, business cards for Ships of Chaos. Oh, fingers crossed. Hopefully they find us. Yeah. And enjoy us. That's exciting. Yeah. One, I, one of the girls from My Hero Academia saw me passing out cards, and she asked for one. So. Oh, fun. I don't know what that is, but that's exciting. It's an anime. Oh, okay. So is she I, um, an actress, like a voice actress in it, or is she one of the creators? She's one of the voice actresses. Oh, fun. That's so cool. she, she, I told her that I'm practicing my voice acting and I want to get better. And she's, and she's like, you can do it. I have every faith in you. Oh, cool. There was like, there was this uh, table reading. They uh, voice actors there. Mm-hmm. And they did a reading from Back to the Future. And she played Marnie's mom. I mean, Mar- uh, she played the mom, you know, like when he went back in time. Yeah, yeah, okay. And she was making, it was the dinner scene and she was making it like super creepy, like, he should sleep in my room. <laughs> That's so fun. Oh, but I love Comic-Con. Comic-Con was so much fun. I got a little sunburned because it's Florida. Because it's Florida. There's sun everywhere. And um, we ate fish like every night. Yep. Because it's Florida. It's Florida. <laughs> We, we went to this Irish pub and met the, like, there was, like, no seats, so these two guys let us sit with them, and they were really sweet and told us, like, where to go in town. Wow, that's so cool. Were they part of the Comic-Con? Uh, not part of it, but were they attending Comic-Con? One of them was, one of them wasn't, because okay. he was go- he said he was going to Oklahoma to pick up a doggo. Oh, cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. That, that's more important. Go pick up the doggo. Way more. Way more. <laughs> But that's very cool. Oh, I'm glad you had such a fun time. Yeah. I guess we should get back to our summary. <laughs> back to our summary. Let's shift so, to chaos now. All right. So summarize chapter two for us. Okay. It is the next night. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Draco shows up in a jersey and a baseball cap. Oh. And t- escorts Miss Granger to a baseball game. I still and- have a hard time picturing them at a baseball game, though. Yeah. So they're sitting at the baseball game and it's awkward silence. <laughs> and then Hermione asks, wait, asks him, so you like muggle baseball? And he's like, yeah, I usually bring Pansy and, but Pansy doesn't like baseball. And she's like, well, if she doesn't like ba- baseball, why did you have an extra ticket? And he's like, well, she, it's only, she'll only come with me to baseball if I go with her to basketball and then we had the big conversation about yeah. quidditch and whether they have quidditch in america and not yeah so and then we go we flash to harry and pansy yep who are sitting down and drinking more wine still drinking yeah still they're still drinking, drinking <laughs> but this time harry has brought over better wine than hermione swill yeah. and harry starts looking at her sketches for her art for her fashion line 
and he makes a comment well if this is what you do when you're not inspired i can't wait to see what what you come up when you are inspired and Tansy wants to be like whatever but she's she's secretly touched that he would say that it is touching yeah okay and then we go back to hermione and draco and back to (laughs) and uh hermione has been just touring new york while draco's off doing his photo shoots and he comes back and we talk about how cool it would be if we tap on the toes of the uh, Statue of Liberty. <laughs> We're so weird. <laughs> it takes you to a uh, wizard. I can't Ma- remember. Magical. I mean, I don't even know what we called it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. But he gives her a tour of like magical uh, wizarding world after she's taken her own and offers to take her to a couture fashion show where he's not working but he's got to go anyways and that's pretty i think i've gotten everything but i'm not sure i think that's it i think so, you got but, everything they're yeah, still drinking and hermione and draco are traveling around the city <laughs> yeah um uh, Harry and Pansy are still drinking. Uh, we oh, we learned that Jenny left Harry. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. We did learn that Jenny left Harry. I don't remember if it becomes relevant later in the story, but it is interesting. Yeah, shame on Jenny. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. Yeah, I think that's it. You ready to go? I think so. Um. It's been a while since I've read through this chapter, so this may be a rough read, but okay, I'm a wing it. It's going to be fun. All right. So chapter three. If Hermione thought she was nervous before Malfi, Malfi. (laughs) God. If Hermione thought she was nervous before Malfoy came by earlier in the afternoon, the feeling had multiplied tenfold as she tried to prepare herself for the fashion show that night. She sorted blankly through her luggage, but even the new items that she had purchased skewed more towards casual than runway show. So when Malfoy knocked on the door that evening, she released a heavy breath and answered it, hair and makeup halfway done and still wearing her same outfit from earlier. His eyes bulged. Oh, shit. Malfoy wore a sharp, impeccable, tailored suit. Hermione had to consciously tear her gaze away from the way the trousers fit his arse. Yes, Tom Felton in tight suit pants. Mm. Mm. I'm salivating. Yeah. Help me, she pleaded, the words coming out smaller than she intended. But if anyone knew about what would be appropriate for her to wear, it would be him. He only smirked at her and shook his head, striding into the loft and venturing towards Pansy's bedroom. Hermione had laid out the few dresses she had either brought or purchased on the bed, and he eyed them each in turn, fingering the material. He lifted one of the hangers up, peering at the cut of the dress before eyeing her head to toe. Merlin, she felt stripped bare in his eyes. He set the dress back down, all business, before moving towards Pansy's expansive walk-in closet. You could wear that one, he mused, twisting his lips to the side. Or he flicked through the seamless, seemingly endless dresses hanging along one rail, at last settling on one. He gazed at it in silence, almost reverence before drawing it from the railing. A breath caught in Hermione's throat. It was gorgeous. The material was a deep purple satin, almost black, with intricate stitching details along the strapless sweetheart bodice. Fitted through the waist before flaring into a uniquely constructed skirt that ended just above the knee. He held the hanger up in front of her, his throat bobbing with a swallow. This one. It's beautiful she whispered, hesitant to even touch the rich fabric. Pansy's finest work, in my opinion. His eyes caught hers, but she's never worn it. Hermione's jaw fell open. Pansy made this? Won't she be upset if I wear it out? Not a chance, 
you'll be wearing her design to one of the hottest runway shows of the season. His lips tugged into a smirk, and I guarantee you'll catch people's eyes. Leaving her with the dress, Malfoy skimmed a shelf of carefully organized shoes, peering at two options before selecting a pair with a heel that made her grimace. Then he sorted through an array of Pansy's jewelry, collecting a few shimmering silver pieces. Hermione eyed the look of concentration on his face, wondering whether she ever could have imagined Malfoy picking out her outfit from for a posh event. But she supposed he was probably used to such a thing. Or at least he knew more about what would look good than she did. And in that vein, she was willing to trust him. He stepped from the closet with a soft yet changed and closed the door behind him. So is he still in the room? No, he walked away. He's going to let her change. Okay, because like it, it, the way it's worded sounds like he sw- stopped out of the closet. He came out of the closet and was like picking jewelry and picking shoes and then was like, get changed. Okay. And then walked out of the, the bedroom. Hopefully. Okay. Where he's just creeping in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, last week he was he, like, creeping. Backed into her. the shadows. <laughs> last week's episode, he, he kept touching her all creepily. That's true. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> as she gazed at the dress transfixed, she felt a smile sweep across her lips. As carefully as she could manage, she slipped into the dress, finding it fit her quite well. She donned the silver jewelry he had pulled out and emerged to find Malfoy leaning against the wall, waiting for her. His gray eyes slid sideways to find hers and flared with heat. With several quick taps of his wand, the dress adjusted to fit her form perfectly. He murmured a few spells, twisting his wand into her hair and settling out the partially managed curls. How freaking cool would it be to have a wand that could just, like, Fix your clothes for you. I know. And to like be able to like just swish your wand and your hair be perfect. Change your hair and makeup. I want to be magic. You must do this a lot, she said, the tension between them choking her words. Not that much, he said quietly, only when I'm working on a magical shoot. He was close enough that she could smell his intoxicating cologne as he peered at her makeup, and with a few more quiet incantations, he stepped back, pursing his lips. Hermione caught a glimpse of herself in the mirror, sucking in a breath. Her hair fell in soft, sleek curls, her eyes smoky but not so overdone that she didn't recognize herself. In case you had any doubt, Malfoy said quietly, you're absolutely stunning. His lips quirked. And it would be my honor to have you at my side tonight. Thank you, she said, horrified to feel emotion welling within her and spiking at the corner of her eyes. She blinked several times, unwilling to run the risk that his makeup spells might ruin. You've been very kind to me since I've been here. Malfoy only stared at her, a bit of a furrow between his brows, as if she were a piece of artwork he couldn't quite understand. I would love to photograph you. Now? She asked, the word coming out high in her response. He smirked. No, not now. Before you leave. Hermione felt color creep up into her cheeks and she tightened her gaze, assessing him. I'm not a model. You're going to blow away any of those models tonight. She couldn't tell whether he was coming onto her or if he was simply forward, but he hadn't moved since adjusting her hair and makeup, his hands hanging loose at his sides. She slipped on the heels he had picked out, the height of them bringing her nearly eye level with him. Think about it and let me know, he said, stepping back at last as she offered a hand. We'd better get going. When she slipped her hand into his, he laced their fingers. The feel of it so natural that a jolt of energy shot through her. Okay, so I want to say something real quick. Mm-hmm. Two things, actually. One, Hermione knew the instant they arrived at the fashion show that Malfoy had downplayed his influence. It seemed he knew every other person who walked past them. 
He was all waves and charming grins, but not once did he remove his hand from her back, introducing her to various fashion and photography types. More than once, she turned to find a flashbulb going off in her face, and she understood what he meant about her arriving in one of Pansy's creations. Throwing caution to the wind, Hermione smiled and posed with him for some of the photographs. His hand was sturdy and reassuring on her back, heat flooding through her every time she met the warmth of his stormy eyes. When they finally arrived at their seats, front row nonetheless, Hermione shot him a stare. Sorry about that, he murmured, a teasing smirk pulling at his lips. I would have warned you in advance, but the look on your face was too good. (laughs) Sounds like Malfoy. (laughs) I didn't know you were a celebrity, she hissed, eyes narrowing. But he only rolled his eyes in return. Typical Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) Eye roll. Shifting his hand along her spine to rest on her upper upper back. His fingers played about the bare skin between her shoulders almost absently. And the feel of it was more distracting than she might have expected. God, he's so, like, smooth. Yeah. Six months from now, I could be nothing, Malfoy said softly. New York can be fickle like that. Hermione nudged him in the ribs. I think you're being humble, and that is something I'd never thought I'd hear myself saying about Draco Malfoy. His eyes met hers. Say that again? That you're humble? She snickered. I'm not trying to give your ego my name. Heat flared through her, throbbing with her pulse as she whispered, Draco. The word rolling from her tongue like silk. Distantly, she was aware of the hum of noise around her and even the eyes that watched them, but she found herself lost in the gray of his irises. Malfoy's palm flexed on her back, a soft smile curling his mouth. Finally, he said, I'm not going to say I don't like the sound of that. Hermione couldn't get a read on him, whether he was actually interested in her or if he was just a flirt and it was all an act for the cameras. But he still traced the curve of her spine with his fingertips, his touch soft, and she wondered how he could be that good of an actor. She breathed, say mine. His expression faltered, Hermione. Her heart jumped in her throat, skin tingling, and she didn't think she could have looked away from him if she tried. But then the lights dropped, loud music with a heavy beat burst to life, and she sucked in a breath, shifting in her seat. His hand curled around her far shoulder, warming her bare skin as he sank into a seat. Following his lead, Hermione settled in for the show. Mm. Talk about a little foreplay there. Oof. It's a little hot. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the lack of cigarettes or the story that's making me <laughs> wet. Her ears rang, but a wide grin stretched across Hermione's face by the time the fashion show was over. Between the steady beat of the music, the consistent flashing of cameras, the blaring lights dancing around and illuminating the models in wild clothing, her mind whirled. Malfoy looped an arm around her waist, his thumb dragging across her hip as he led her from the building into the crisp night air. His eyes were a little glazed from the steady rounds of champagne. And given the way she didn't feel particularly cold, Hermione figured she was moderately intoxicated as well. Despite the late hour, New York City was still alive, lights flashing on every corner and people bustling along the walks. Malfoy ducked in, his breath warm against her ear as he asked, are you cold? She shook her head, chewing her lip. Hermione was infinitely grateful for the cushioning charms Pansy must have put on the heels she borrowed as they ambled back in the direction of the apparition point. His hand still lingered on her hip and he hitched her closer. I had fun tonight, she said, offering a smile as she tucked herself into his side. A smirk teased his lips, as did I. Thank you for accompanying me. Her head spun a little from the champagne. Perhaps she'd had more to drink than she'd realized, and she stumbled a little as she walked. Malfoy snickered, his arm around her tightening. Come on, let's get you home. Hermione came to an abrupt stop, dropping her chin as she stared at him. Why have you been so nice to me? Malfoy's eyes flashed as he came to an abrupt stop, people jostling them as they rushed past. Because I treated you so badly when we were young, he said, his voice hoarse, and you didn't deserve that. 
I took a, it took a bloody war for me to realize the very foundations of my life were built on sand. His brow furrowed. Metaphor. It is a good metaphor. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. His brow furrowed. Despair etched in his handsome face. I'm surprised you even gave me a second chance. It was a long time ago, she breathed, searching his gaze for any hint of a lie and coming up short. And why shouldn't you have another chance if you're willing to set aside your pride and ask? His breathing was shallow, his hand still lingering on her hip as he stared at her. She wanted to kiss him. But someone shoved past her and Hermione stumbled forward in her precarious heels. Malfoy shouted something after the man, and despite everything else, she found herself giggling with the mirth at the situation. He flashed her a grin and rolling his eyes. That Malfoy eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> My father will hear about this. <laughs> his father will hear about this. That's probably what he yelled after the man. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like Sans Malfoy. Sans Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. It's true. Then he dragged her between two buildings to the apparition point, and within moments they were back in Pansy's loft. The space between them hummed with electricity as Hermione towed off her heels in the entrance, losing several inches to Malfoy's taller stature. She wasn't entirely certain what had almost just happened between them on the street, but under the bright lights of the loft, she felt anxious. He lingered near the entrance, eyeing her as he slid his hands into his pockets. Hermione hesitated, meeting his stare. She found she almost continually had to remind herself she had only known him, this version of him, for six days, and that she would be going home in a week. But Merlin, the heat in his stare would be her undoing. A little breathily, she asked, do you want to stay for a drink? It wasn't a proposition. His tongue flickered out to moisten his bottom lip. That would be all right. I'm going to change out of this dress, she said almost unnecessarily, but nerves had crept up within her at the idea of Draco Malfoy in her temporary home after they had been drinking. She didn't exactly know what she might end up saying. Let me, he stuttered forward behind her halting when Hermione froze, but he only tugged the zip of her dress halfway, exposing her bare back to just above the curve of her arse. And the feel of his hands on her skin caused her eyes to flutter, warmth pooling within her core as she lingered in front of him. Malfoy left one hand on her spine, the other drifting around her collarbone and along the base of her throat. She sucked in a breath, and it took all her willpower not to sink back into his hold not to just surrender to the desire that pulsed through her with a dull roar. His voice was a low purr when he said, thank you for coming with me tonight. Thank you for inviting me, she responded, her breath escaping as a soft puff. Her fingers curled around his wrist, but she didn't make any move to stop his hands as they teased her bare skin. At last, she whispered, cursing herself all the while, I'm going home in a week. So I need you to be honest with me about what this is. After a long pause in which she was painfully aware of her breathing, he said, I don't know. He released her, taking a step back, and Hermione mourned the loss of his warmth. I don't think my answer to it to that fits into a week, and it certainly doesn't involve you being intoxicated. Oh, he knows about consent. <laughs> How sweet. Consent. The smile he offered her looked forced, and Hermione turned to face him, closing the space between them once more. What does that mean? It means, he said almost apologetically, I find myself drawn to you, Hermione Granger. He glanced away, blowing out a shallow breath. Maybe it's best I leave you alone for the rest of your time in New York. Her mind reeled. After the afternoon and the night they'd shared, she didn't want to walk away. She whispered, <clears throat> I don't think that's best. Then before he could respond, she pressed up on her toes, threading a hand into his hair as she brushed her lips against his. 
For a split second that followed, Hermione thought she might have made a terrible mistake, but then Malfoy kissed her back, his lips soft yet assertive, one hand coming around her back to hitch her against his chest. His kisses were teasing but patient, as if he truly didn't want to do anything further while they were inebriated. The thought only made desire coil tighter within her as her tongue darted out to graze his. Hermione wound her arms around his neck, carting her hands through his hair as he dragged one hand down her bare back, giving her arse a squeeze while he maneuvered her against the wall. When he drew back from the kiss, dragging his teeth along the curve of her jaw and layering kisses to her throat, a soft moan slipped from her lips. Hermione was half a mind to drag him into the bedroom and forget the rest, but he drew away, tugging her earlobe between his teeth before resting the side of his temple against her own. He ghosted the fingers of one hand along her spine. I should go. In the back of her foggy mind, she respected him for stopping. She bit her tongue on and offered that he simply stay over because she didn't know that she trusted herself enough for that. And she still didn't know what exactly she made this of the situation between them. So she whispered, okay. Malfoy pressed one more firm kiss to her lips before releasing her. He stared at her for a long moment, his throat bobbing with a swallow. Hermione could only imagine the swelling of her lips the wildness of her hair in his hands. I wish I could capture you like this forever, he said, then lifted his hands and pantomimed, snapping a photo with a click of his tongue. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> a crooked grin dragged across his lips that sent a sparkle into his eye, and Hermione couldn't help her own smile in return. I'll see you soon, she said, the statement lifting a little towards the end, though she hadn't intended it as a question but he nodded soon brushing a kiss to her cheek he said good night granger hermione wrung her hands to keep from reaching for him again some of the haze clearing from her mind good night draco a cheshire grin spread across his face and he offered a wink before slipping through the door hermione released a groan dropping her head back against the wall as her heart performed a joyful dance in her chest. I love it. I think they're so sweet. They're adorable. I just feel like it's a very adult decision that they're making, too. I love the whole waiting uh, until they're sober. Yeah, I love waiting till they're sober. Yeah. And it just makes it more sweet when it does happen. Um, okay. Zoop, zoop to Pansy and Potter. You will not believe this. They're still drinking. <laughs> you will not believe this. Potter found Pansy in the kitchen of Granger's cottage as he let himself in, and she gaped for a moment before turning back to the screen before her on the table. The bridge of Potter's nose wrinkled with confusion. Is that a computer? Yes. Pansy said, waving a dismissive hand. I work with muggles a lot. It's the easiest way to communicate with them. Waving towards the screen again, she ushered him around and he dragged a chair closer. Potter squinted for a moment in disbelief, then asked, is that Hermione with Malfoy? Pansy turned to face him, lifting her hands in shock. He took her to one of the biggest shows of the season. Can you believe that? I can't, actually, Potter clipped, folding his arms. I can't see Hermione falling for anything that Git says. Pansy rolled her eyes. Draco's changed a lot, you know. I think even you would be surprised. But she only marveled at the photo a minute longer. Look at how beautiful she is. She is, Potter admitted, his gaze flashing briefly to the screen again before drifting back to Pansy. I still don't buy it that Hermione would willingly spend her holiday with Malfoy. Pansy ignored him, her gaze tracking the brief article that followed. She whispered to herself, celebrity fashion photographer Draco Malfoy, mystery woman dressed by. With a quiet yelp of surprise, she grabbed Potter's arm. Look, there! Peering closer, 
He flashed Pansy a grin. Parks, you made that dress? Yes, Pansy said, dragging her fingers distractedly along the photo again. It's one of Draco's favorites. Merlin, she looks stunning in it. Incredulous, she shook her head. If the evidence wasn't laid plain before her, she never would have believed it. Look at how they're staring at one another. The most baffling part of the entire situation was that Draco, uh, was that Granger and Draco gazed at one another as if there was something deeper between them. But the article, and by extension the photograph, was Muggle. Only a moment captured in time and frozen for eternity. I don't believe that, Potter said, squinting again at the photo. It must be a trick of the light. She's only been there for a week. Pansy grimaced, rummaging in her bag for the mobile phone she used for work but had turned off when she left New York. She barely knew how to use the thing beyond its most basic functionality, but she carefully dialed Draco's number, releasing an impatient huff when the line rang twice, then three times. At her side, Potter only frowned, a furrow in his brow as he watched her struggle with the mobile. At last, Draco's tinny voice clipped onto the line. Hello, Pans? Pansy set the phone down on the table, jabbing at the speakerphone button as she exclaimed, What the bloody hell do you think you're doing? A hesitation on the line, and then, Is everything okay, Pans? Everything's fine, Pansy exclaimed, her voice rising. Except you are bothering my house guest. When he didn't respond right away, she pressed on, I swear to Merlin, Draco, if you've slept with her. She could hear him release an amused huff, then said, you're on speaker, Pans. Uh, I, I'm amusing myself over here. <laughs> <laughs> A quiet, feminine giggle sounded across the line, and P Potter gaped at the phone. Hermione? Harry? Stunned silence fell over the line for a moment, and then Pansy heard Draco's grumbled. What the fuck is happening here? Then Granger's voice came through. Harry, what are you doing there? Potter scowled at the mobile. 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 I could ask you the same thing. Pansy saw a photo of you two at a fashion show. Look, Granger, Pansy said, swiping up the phone and speaking directly into it. I'm sorry about him. I forgot to tell him I was leaving and it's okay, her Granger's voice said with a hint of warmth. We've been getting along. I'm sorry if Harry's bother you, bothered you while I've been gone. Hey, Potter scoffed. Despite the entire cock-up, Pansy felt a laugh burst forth and she clapped a hand over her mouth. He hasn't bothered me, but he did drink all your wine. Potter fired her a glare and deadpanned. Excuse you, I only helped. I think their banter is so funny. This entire conversation is just <laughs> great. It's great. It's just great. Pansy heard Draco's chuckle come across the line. Confusion reeled within her at the fact that Draco was actually spending time with Hermione Granger of all people. At last he drawled. I appreciate your concern, Pans, but I assure you, Granger is here with me of her own free will. It's true, Granger's voice clipped. Then she added, Pansy, feel free to kick Harry out. He has a tendency to let himself in. He can stay for now, Pansy said, catching Potter's sparkling gaze. For the record, Pans, Draco's voice said again. Granger wore one of your dresses to the show two nights ago, and you're blowing up over the hair. He was silent for a moment before adding, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, Pansy huffed, life experiences and all that. Potter still stared at her, a devious smile curling his mouth. She felt heat flare within her. It sounds like this has all been cleared up, Granger said with a bit of a titter. Though <laughs> titter. I like that word. <laughs> Though she still reeled, Pansy threw her hands up into the air. I suppose it has. Look out for one another, I guess. You too, Draco's voice sounded far away. See you soon, Pans. Enjoy the rest of your trip. When the line went dead, Pansy only stared at it for a moment before ending the call. 
Then she glanced at Potter, her brow heavy as she chewed on her bottom lip. With a grimace, she asked, Can you believe that? Not really, he blew out of breath, but Hermione always, but Hermione has always been able to take care of herself. I'm not worried about her if you say Malfoy's grown up. He has, she murmured, her gaze landing on the stack of drawings she'd been tweaking. Did you hear that about the dress Granger wore? Excitement swelled within her. She couldn't pay for that sort of exposure. A crooked grin spread across Potter's face, causing Pansy's stomach to coil and tighten. At last he said, it sounds, it sounds like we should go out and celebrate. A smile tugged at her own lips. Indeed we should, Potter. The man was daft. He had no concept of nuance, was too trusting for his own good, and most of the time he didn't pick up on Pansy's sarcasm. But Merlin, if Potter hadn't crawled under her skin in only a week of getting to know him. There was something about him that she couldn't even identify, but he broke down her walls in a way that no one else had managed to do. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that she had been hunted for a decade by the last time she had seen, nope, not hunted. Nobody's hunting Pansy. (laughs) Maybe it had something to do with the fact that she had been haunted for a decade by the last time she had seen the man. Or maybe it was something else, something Pansy couldn't quite understand because she often made a point of ignoring the subtle shades in her life, preparing to stick with the concrete blacks and whites and the things that made sense. What she felt for Potter didn't make a lick of sense. In fact, he was the opposite of her type. He wasn't polished. He wasn't sharp with his words, and he wore his heart on his sleeve. Merlin, the man, was an auror. He was more prone to charging into a situation, wandle off, than to trade wit and cunning. I think that is the perfect description of Harry Potter. It is. That that paragraph alone is Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah, and like I've said a hundred times, Harry Potter is the quintessential high school jock who married his high school sweetheart and became a cop. Yep. Yep. And then this next statement, he was a Gryffindor. (laughs) Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) He was a Gryffindor. She supposed that summed him up. He was rough around the edges in all the places where she was crisp and controlled. They were in some seedy pub in Dublin the third of the night that Pansy never would have stepped foot in on her own. The floor was sticky beneath her heels, the lights dim and flickering, and several men had just been kicked out for bawling. That sounds like the best pub to be in. That sounds like the quintessential Irish pub. <laughs> They're in Dublin. Thank <laughs> That's just perfect. The scene was distasteful, to say the least. But after a half dozen Irish whiskeys, Pansy couldn't help the laughter that burst forth at one of Potter's lame quips. A smile lingering on her lips at his roguish grin as he slung an arm around her shoulders. He dragged his other hand through his messy hair, his emerald green eyes sparkling as they found hers. When are you leaving again? He asked, his face faltering as he stared at her. Pansy squinted for a moment, considering the question over the watery haze in her brain. Six days, she tittered a bit of a laugh and teased, why, going to come visit me in New York? Tossing back the last of his drink, Potter shrugged, maybe. The smile fell from her face, really? Is it inconceivable that I might want to see you again? He asked, his tone unusually droll. And besides, I've never seen New York. It isn't your scene. Even as she spoke the words she swallowed, most of her experiences with men were largely transactional, especially in New York, where most people were only out to get theirs. She couldn't remember the last time anyone had said anything to her with a shred of sentimentality. But she certainly never invited such a thing either. Dropping her voice, she said, I think I'd like that. Then it's settled. 
Potter announced, that crooked grin spreading across his face again. He made it sound so simple. Pansy snagged her bottom lip between her teeth and his gaze flickered to the movement, but she only whispered, okay. The admission was oddly sobering. She withheld a yawn as the late hour caught up with her, fidgeting with her empty class. Let's go back. Potter held her stare for a moment before he nodded, helping her to her feet and leading her from the pub. They had, they had arrived via ap the apparition point in the alley two buildings down, and a shiver crept through Pansy's frame as they walked back. He wrapped an arm around her, leading her towards the alley, his warmth infusing her skin. Pansy felt on the verge of something she couldn't quite fathom. His hold was firm and comforting, and when she turned towards him in the alley, she only caught the flash in his eyes before she pulled him in. His lips met hers, firm and unwavering, his hands threading into her hair as she pressed her back against the building. Her mind swam with the whiskey and desire as he hitched her leg up to his hip, deepening the kiss. Whew! <sighs> Heart pounding in her chest, she slipped the top buttons of his shirt, his firm body holding her against the old shack as his tongue delved into her mouth. Getting hot in the alley. So in Dead of Time, there's like a scene where Remus and Maya leave like a concert and then shag in the alley. Mm. And that's where my mind is going right now. Oh. I, 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 it may be bad, but I just, I would love for somebody to do that to me. In a, in a shady alley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am, I am dirty. I'm sorry. That's all right. I mean, I think it's hot. Yeah, I have too much anxiety, but <laughs> I think it's hot. It's like the the naughtiness of it, the threat yeah. of getting caught, yeah. the passion involved in just stopping and having to go at each other. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It could egg you on with that fear of getting caught. I think that's yeah. I think that's where I get so scared. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A quiet whimper escaped Pansy's lips as he dragged a hand along the bare skin of her thigh beneath her skirt, and she hissed, Let's go, Potter. His lips never left hers as he pulled them both into the twist of apparition. Landing in Granger's dark cottage, she made quick work of his shirt, pushing the fabric from his shoulders as Potter hitched her legs around his waist, stumbling a little as he hauled her towards the bedroom. He flashed her that stupid grin between kisses, and Pansy felt her heart stutter in her chest as he tossed her onto the bed and stripped her bare. She couldn't hold back her indolent smile. Merlin help her. And that, my friend, is the end of the chapter. So Draco and Hermione get drunk from champagne, and they're like, wait, wait, wait. Let's wait till we're so <laughs> They're responsible. Yeah. <laughs> Potter and Pansy get drunk on whiskey and, and go at it. That seems fitting, right? For like Draco and Hermione that always think things through. And Harry Potter's like, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Runs in. <laughs> wands at the ready. <laughs> and I bet his wand is at the ready. <sighs> I want to see Hermione in this purple satin dress. I know. I would love to see a picture of this. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So next week is chapter four. There's only five chapters in There's this. There's only we're five chapters. We're almost done. Ah, we're almost done. Yeah. I kind of like these mid-fix because you uh, get to the juice kind of quickly. And then it like wraps up into a nice little bow. Yeah. Kind of cool. There is no slow burn in a quick fic. No, not in a quick fic. I mean, we're getting a little blue bald right now in between chapters, but. Oh, it, it's happening. It is happening. The just wow. <laughs> Perry's not even like there's no doubt there. He's going after. Oh, her. he's going at it. He's he's Harry. Yeah. So. But again, it just seems very fitting for his personality. Yeah. I mean, I mean Pansy's an underdeveloped 
character, but I could see her going all in. I like I like this whole um, fashion designer pansy. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like usually when I read fics with pansy, she's either like a posh, perfect, pure blood daughter, yeah, or a prostitute. Oh. Huh. So yeah. I like this. I like this version of Pansy better. Me too. So, I mean, even the story I read with Pansy, she was—we didn't know anything about her. No, she, she was just there. In, yeah, she just came in. Like, do you want me to take your cute little daughter away yeah. so y'all for her brother? <laughs> I forgot about that. She had maybe like two lines, right? Yeah. <laughs> And Mar- Mar- Malfoy's like, she already said no to that. <laughs> so. so next week we get more Dramini and more Pansy. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I think we're going to get some hot and heavy Dramini. I hope so, because like we're get like each chapter, we're getting a little bit more Dramini than, yeah, than, than Pansy. Pansy. But Hansy and Harry are getting hotter before Dramini. Yeah. I know Draco and Hermione left us blue balled. They're, they're all rightly so, rightly so. We need consent, but Hermione and I mean, Hansy is just, they're going right in it. They're like, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but Harry did offer to come visit her in New York. So it's not just let's jump into bed. There, there's actually, there's actually like some future spark happening in there. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, the um, Draco and Hermione don't even want to talk about what's going to happen once she leaves New York. Mm-hmm. But they're wizards, so like, yeah. can't they just like, I don't know, they apparate. they can't apparate, but like, the, they get there's a such thing as an international court key. Right. That, that's how they, that's how they traded places in the first place. They got right. international court keys. I'm sure you can get like a long term rental on one. Yeah. Just meet up on the weekends. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. And um, that's it. Thanks, Chaotix. Thank you for joining us this week. I I really enjoy doing this uh, this week. And I'm hopefully we can get back to a regular schedule because everything's a little crazy next last couple of weeks. It's all right. So Um, technology issues suck, but it's okay. We're, We're good. Yeah. So this is Johnny. This is Justina, and uh, we'll see you guys next Chaotic Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank In Dreams for allowing us to read their story away. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own at Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>